Hey, welcome to another Enneagram podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yet another Enneagram podcast. But this one's different. Another Enneagram podcast is here to help you be a better leader for your team. We know leadership is already challenging enough, and it can be downright frustrating when your team communication breaks down. Another Enneagram podcast is here to tell you stories of leaders just like you who are learning how to lead their teams better with the Enneagram. If you want your team to communicate better, be more productive, and love their jobs, another Enneagram podcast is for you. What's going on, Ryan? Man, just another uh, another day in Arkansas. You know, yeah, got some decent weather here, and um, just busy. Yeah, you? yeah. Uh, man, it's beautiful outside trying to wade through some waters of whether or not summer camp is happening and uh, all the craziness that comes along with that. So yeah, just kind of in the waiting game. So we talked about some TV shows that we might, yes. we might want to discuss on the podcast here. So, yeah. you know, people, lots of people locked down, staying at home and, you know, while it's been bad, business for a lot of different industries one of the ones that is booming is you know the streaming services, oh my gosh yeah right uh, and especially you know disney disney had a great uh time recently with all the new star wars stuff coming out mm-hmm. you know netflix their their user database has skyrocketed i'm sure that all the others hulu amazon everything else are enjoying some some good times right now yeah so what what are the shows that or have you been binge watching any shows or what's it been man i'm not really a, a binge watcher um i may turn the tv on when i lay down at, at mm-hmm. night and then mm-hmm. we'll see how far i make it into an episode before i fall asleep you know yeah, um, yeah but so with that right now i'm going back through breaking bad and uh love love that show man highs and lows it's uh i'm like i'm probably 40 percent in right now and yeah. so there's some pretty heavy stuff happening and uh i love it what yeah. about what what about you? Man, so my wife and I, we have been watching some shows. Um, you know, I, I know that probably most people aren't doing this, but we have the Apple uh, Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. thing, yeah. which honestly, you know, they don't have like the most amount of programming right now. They're still building their kind of content library, but it's also cheaper than other services, right? It's like five, five, six dollars a month, oh, wow. I think. Uh, and it's actually free for a year if you got like a new phone anytime in the last year or something. So that's pretty sweet. And what I will say is the shows that we have watched, we've loved. So the very first show that they put out was called The Morning Show with Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah. And, and it's incredible. It's one of those where, you know, when an episode ends, you're like, slack jawed and want to scream but you can't and it's not like netflix where the next episode's there they're doing it like actual tv show where you gotta wait a week for something to be released and so yeah we watched that one we love that we watched c uh with jason momoa uh the Mm -hmm. guy that played aquaman which is really good and then those were kind of the first round of shows but the second ones that just came out that we have really been enjoying there's a show called defending jacob um, mm. about this kid who gets basically accused of murder and his dad is like trying to prove that he you know didn't do it hmm. and then another one called trying which is okay. a british show about this couple who's trying to adopt and it's it's freaking hilarious uh, i just love it so that's awesome yeah but then of course i mean always in the background in our house is the office that's just oh, yeah. the the show that you know we watch it 
pretty much every night is just kind of our daily wrap up routine. Yeah. And so we're both obsessed with that. So, so yeah, there's those, there's certainly some other ones too. Um, and yeah, uh, you get, I feel like you get to a place with the office where it can just as easily be like music. It's just background noise. Oh yeah. You know? And it's, and it's still so great. Yeah. So you can just drop in anywhere you want, you know, what's going on. You love it. Yeah. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about the Enneagram and stress uh, but to do that, we thought we might actually take that conversation through some of these classic shows that, you know, yeah. hopefully you, you are watching or have watched and talk about some of the different characters, what Enneagram types we think they are. But then in particular, when we see them in a really stressful state on the show, mm-hmm. how they kind of unravel, how they move towards, you know, their, their stress number. Some people call that like the disintegration number um, and what that looks like for them. The reason, you know, that this is good to know, uh, I think this has a, a huge impact on teams. And especially if you're a leader listening to this, how to be able to care for your teams and lead them well. Um, before we jump into the television character stuff, Cody, why, why do you think it's important for teams and leaders to be aware of the numbers that they take on qualities of under stress? Why is that important? Yeah. I mean, first of all, it, it honestly acts as kind of a red flag system. Um, I think it's mm. kind of those when you're driving on the highway and you start seeing orange cones, um, you can't keep driving straight. You're going to have to merge a little bit. And so, yeah, I think those, those integration disintegration numbers act as, uh, yeah, kind of red flags, green flags as to, Hey, I'm moving towards an unhealthy state. Hey, I'm starting to gravitate maybe towards a healthy state and I'm being surprised by these things I'm seeing in integration. Um, which is cool. And, and, you know, and to talk about it in the context of quarantine is I would imagine that certain coworkers and teammates are probably seeing things from their teammates and coworkers that they've never seen before. Um, There's certain stresses that um, are are present in life right now that probably aren't present in the office, you know, on a daily basis. And so, so there's probably bosses going, Hey, why is John freaking out like this or you know what why is he on zoom calls just looking like he's melting um (laughs) and so uh so yeah it's not all it's i think it's um obviously beneficial to know them for yourself but then um for you leaders out there to know those numbers um and and how things start to gravitate you know during stress or during um kind of healthier points um yeah i think it's just it's great as a leader that way you can come alongside your, um, your staff and your teams and, uh, yeah. And just be uh, a coach and a guide and more of an asset. Yeah. I love that. So let's do this. Let's talk about some of these shows. And my goal in this is to, to hit at least one person of every number on the Enneagram. Yeah. You know, so we'll, we'll take a couple of shots at some things, uh, to start with different shows that we know we like, and then I'll keep track of the numbers that we talk about and the ones that we don't. And Got then it. we'll try to come back in and fill in the gaps for the numbers that we didn't hit. So Sounds good. Uh, what show you want to start with first? Well, you, you brought up the office. So I feel like that's a, that's probably the best place to start. Yeah. Yeah. I, we love the office, man. And my wife and I have had long conversations about, you know, what Enneagram type different characters on mm-hmm. there are. Honestly, I could fill up most of this list probably. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from doing that. Uh, instead, why don't we pick maybe just like two characters from the office Okay. and, and run with those. So okay. uh, my, my submission to the list is Dwight. Dwight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
And just because we were talking about it earlier, let's let's go with Jim. Let's let's talk Jim. about old old Jim Boy. Okay. All right. Jim's a challenging one. And both of these, honestly, are ones I've seen people like nearly get in fights about, uh, you know, about what Enneagram type they are. And so we may get some listener blowback from this one, but. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but so I'm Dwight. very confident on Dwight. Yeah. Okay. What, so Dwight. What's you start though, since I'm, I feel so confident you, you start that way. I don't like, you know, squash, whatever you're going to say. <laughs> um, I mean, I think Dwight, there, there's uh, a lot of attributes of an eight there um, that I can see. I, I think there maybe are these elements of a, of a five that you could, um, you could pull out. The dude knows just a silly amount of information about a ton of random things. Um, but then he's also a dude that was raised on a beet farm, a German raised <laughs> on a beet farm. So, you know, that's, that's awesome. So uh, yeah, those are probably like right off the top of my head, but, uh, but you're confident. So what you got? Yeah. So I'm very confident in this. Uh, and I think I can convince you, uh, okay. I believe Dwight is a counterphobic six. Oh, okay. Okay. When you think about like all of the plans that Dwight has in place for if this happens, right. <laughs> or the weapons that he has around the office, you know, when Roy charges in to beat up Jim, Dwight is immediately on him with the pepper spray. Like he's just, but he's also so loyal. Think about like That's he even true. says in one episode, he says uh, that he val- he values loyalty and he'll go wherever they value loyalty the most. That's true. That's <laughs> true. All right. All right. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, the episode he fires the gun, you know, in the yeah. office. And then I think it's pretty, pretty soon after that, they make him clean up all the weapons around the office and he's just pulling them out of like random oh, places. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So my wife is actually a counterphobic six. So um, I don't think we have any weapons in around the house, but uh, but definitely some uh, contingency plans. Um, uh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I love that. Well, cool. What about okay. Jim? So Jim, see, okay, back and forth on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people uh, call out that Jim is a nine, and yeah, and there's definitely aspects of that I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, but being a seven and watching that show and connecting with Jim on such a deep level, especially throughout the course of the show, like early in the show, and then kind of what midway through the show before um, all the athlete stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. He's really starting to get in these places where he's like, am I going to be stuck here? Like, and there's, there's a level mm. of commitment um, that he's, that he's battling with there. And, uh, and then the athlete stuff comes up and it's an opportunity to jump on a new ship and head off to, to Philly to launch this company with all these exciting elements um, he talks about wanting to open a bike shop. Um, uh, maybe that's mm. just my personal connection with him. Uh, but, uh, but he's yeah. not a seven. He's just a bray. He's just a bray. There it is. That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, side note, we actually played a game of the night where, uh, we were asking who would play us in movies. And for my little oh, brother, yeah. uh, my little brother, it was just a resounding, uh, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? I just went blank. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah. Without a yeah. doubt. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so maybe it is, maybe he's just, uh, feels like a brother. So what about you? What do you think? Man, Jim's hard for me. Uh, I can definitely get both of those, um, nine and seven, you know, there's, I'm the same way. Like there's some things that I identify with Jim in. I don't think he's a one, uh, like I am, but that actually leads into kind of the conversation we were wanting to have about stress and the numbers you take on during stress. Mm. Uh, because sevens, if he is a seven, you know, sevens take on characteristics of one under stress. And, and I can see that like at the end of the day, you know, if Jim is kind of held, you know, feet to the fire, 
he, I think he does want to do what's right mm. and, and cares a lot about that. But in just your average day to day, he's a lot more jokey and pranky, you know? Yeah. And so actually my identifying with his type one tendencies that he does have, uh, makes me want to get on board with your, your seven idea for him. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I do cool. think he's, He's pretty tough. I, I'm yeah. not going to get upset if other people have different opinions about him. Sure. I'm not nearly as confident as I am with like Dwight uh, mm-hmm. as I am with Jim. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. So, so all right, let's move to a different show then. What? Uh, okay. So I, yeah. since I'm, since I'm in, in the depths of breaking bad, let's talk about this one for a second. Okay. Um, now off the bat, I have to admit what I told you before we started yeah. is, which might get me in some trouble with listeners. Uh, I, I have never watched the whole thing. I've seen large chunks of it. And so I know some basic storylines. I know some of the main characters. I know kind of the whole plot idea behind the the show. So um, I'll I'll do my best to help, but, but don't, don't roast me over this thing, people. All right. (laughs) So anyway, go for it. Yeah. So, so I would say like, I mean, we'll go classic here. We'll go Walter White and we'll go Jesse. Um, So if you've seen the show, you know, those two characters. Yeah. Um, Walter's one of those, one of those funny characters. And I think my, my type, um, that I'm pitching here might be based solely off of stress. Um, Mm -hmm. because most of that show is just watching Walter White, you know, very early on the show, get diagnosed with, um, you know, a cancer and, Mm -hmm. uh, the dude's just like his whole life is now responding and reacting from that diagnosis, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, so there's parts of it where I'm like, okay, the dude's a chemist, He's a, he was a chemistry teacher, but he's a um, fantastic chemist, um, very smart. So, you know, there's a ton of reason to believe that he's a five um, with a six wing. Um, And like we were talking about a minute ago, it's like you could take the angle that he jumps into the drug game, um, which that's one of the reasons I love that show, because I believe it actually shows a reality of like if somebody that had no idea what they were doing and jumps into like basically like a cartel level, like Mm -hmm. drug, you know, game what would happen and it'd be a ton of stuff that never prepared for never thought of yeah um except if you were a six then you may have already (laughs) thought about hey if i jump into the cartel game this is what i might do um so yeah so so what's your what's your thought on him what do you think his enneagram number is i I think a five with a six wing would be for me I'm, i could settle with that I, I would be happy with that all right so what are some of the key characteristics of him if he's a five okay uh fiveness but then also sevenness when he takes on you know seven under stress yes um so that this is where it kind of gets tricky maybe because i think the just the the fiveness is that okay he's um very intelligent um has you know dug really deep into his craft doesn't seem like the most extroverted person. Um, and then throughout the show, as you see him in stress, there's this thing of, okay, maybe the whole drug thing was just trying to like one last whim, like one last like big hoorah with, with you know, what time I have left. Um, and then there, there was a moment in the episode I watched uh, a couple of nights ago and his, his wife, ex-wife, whatever, She's saying, Hey, are you working on like on an exit strategy? And the guy, he's like, yeah, working on it, but it's like, you're not really seeing anything happen. Mm-hmm. And so, and so for sevens, like that's one of the things that we hate is that when we're on like something good and there's like something adventurous and like, you know, exhilarating about it, we, we don't like endings. Like there's right. no, there's no good endings. Um, and so 
So there's some thoughts there. Um, yeah. So, but if he, from what you've seen of the show, if he was a six, which, you know, I know we've dubbed a white as our, as our six on the list, but if he was a six, how do you think he, from watching the show, he's responding in stress, taking on those maybe unhealthy attributes of a three? Um, yeah. Okay. So this, this actually works well because me not having watched the show a ton, I'm going to try to give some just generic thoughts about sixes moving towards three. And you okay. can tell me if that fits him or not. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you've been around this conversation much, hopefully you know that stress doesn't only bring out bad things in people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can bring out uh, helpful qualities, you know, survival instincts, things like that. And so I'll try to hit both sides of that. Um, so sixes, when they get stressed out, uh, tend to take on qualities of threes. Some of the bad qualities uh, of that would be kind of losing sight of people, right? Like sixes are typically really loyal, people-oriented, you know, communal kinds of people. But threes, an unhealthy three and some of the unhealthy things a six can take on would be more of the tasks over people. You got to get stuff done rather than caring about people quite like you normally would. Yeah. Uh, and so then the other kind of main thing that sticks out to me that they could take on negative with a three is kind of spinning things mm. to, to make themselves sound better, right? So if a three yeah. gets themselves in trouble or fails at something, they might retell the story and spin it a bit to make themselves sound better than what they actually were. Yeah. Um, so that's a couple of negative qualities. Some positive qualities, though, if they take on uh, those of a three would be um, being able to get stuff done, right? Yeah. Sometimes sixes have trouble making decisions in general, but when they take on some threeness, that little bit of pressure or stress can actually make them more decisive Got it. and and also can give them more of a, a long-term vision rather than getting stuck in the weeds of right here, right now. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Does that oh fit? Oh my gosh. Him? Yeah. So especially with like maybe more of the unhealthy attributes of a three, I mean, the dude constantly gets lost in his work as a meth cook for the cartel, you know, or not for the cartel, but for Gus Dufresne. And, uh, and then the idea of a losing side of people, like he's constantly asking Jesse to do things that are just basically killing him. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see, see some of that stuff. So, but, but speaking of Jesse, um, this is one of the ones I came across earlier today that some people really think that Jesse is a four. And after going through the show okay. and kind of coming back around to the show, you know, that individualist side of Jesse um, kind of being a black sheep. I mean, he's, he was kicked out of his family. He is probably one of the most intense emotional characters that I think I've ever seen in a show. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of that has to do with the stuff that he's having to do in the show. Like, Right. Commit it, committing murder and things like that. Hmm. But the guy is just always battling with this. I would just imagine like the, the emotional weight of all the things that he's done and going through. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, there's, there's an artistic side to Jesse. There's, uh, um, I think this search for like value, this search for purpose in his life. Hmm. Um, that you see throughout the show. So so I can get behind that, this idea that he's a four. So fours, when they are under stress, tend to take on qualities of twos. Do you hmm. see that in him? Yes. And this is where it gets interesting is that he does that. Um, he gets involved with this girl and it's really, it's really sad because he actually shows up to like a, um, I guess like an addicts anonymous type meeting 
and he's honestly there to sell them drugs, but then he ends up feeling bad and then hmm. starts dating her and then ends up giving her money and putting her, her in a home. Hmm. And, um, you know, and so, I mean, there's guilt there. There's, there's shame there with different things, but you see him kind of like come in these waves of like, where he's really showing up for people and he's really helping people or he's, you know, sticking his neck out for Walter White um, in the midst hmm. of all this chaos. Um, and so I think, I think if there's something kind of solidifying for the four and then the, that stress thing is that it seems like any time that he gets in a, a really dark um, kind of stressful place, he seems to attach himself to a person um, pretty, pretty uh, consistently throughout the show. Okay. Does that, so, so we're locking in on him in our four spot. Let's do it. Okay. Awesome. So let's do this. Uh, let's take a quick break. So we can put together our list of the other numbers and then we'll come back and talk about them. Sounds great. All right, we're back and we've got our list. So let's do this. We have... Uh, one, two, three, eight, and nine mm-hmm. still to go. Yeah. And so, uh, why don't I? I'll give you know kind of a short description of each of those types plus what they do in stress, and then we'll fill in the blank about them. So Sounds great. Okay. So we'll start with one. Uh, ones, you know, typically very regimented, orderly, uh, organized, dependable, uh, by the book kind of people. But when they get stressed out, they take on qualities of fours. And so they can maybe get a little bit more creative, kind of good sides, creative problem solving. Uh, But the bad side of it can be a little bit overly emotional and potentially even depressed and Mm. certainly can like pull away from people just because they kind of feel like a lack of self-value, self-worth, things like that. So you had somebody for the number one spot. Who was that? Yeah. So we continued with the Breaking Bad theme and we went with old Gus, uh, the chicken man. Gus the uh, chicken man. Gus the chicken man. So you see this with Gus. Um, the guy runs this major, you know, drug operation and he does everything by the book to a T, you know, folds his jacket perfectly every time he takes it off. Um, but then there's quite a few times throughout the show where under stress, um, he, he kind of dips into his office where he's isolated. Um, there's always this real like kind of darkness that surrounds him. But then what comes to follow is usually these pretty creative ideas to problem solve. So that's why I went with Gus. Okay, nice. Uh, so number two was, um, well, that one's mine. The, so two, twos are normally, you know, really helpful, servant-hearted um, people that just, just love to help others meet needs, right? And when they get stressed, though, this is probably the craziest change, in my opinion, on the whole Enneagram when it comes to stress is that twos will take on qualities of eights, which mm. can re- be really aggressive and, um, you know, fearless, like tackle any monster, climb any mountain, bust through any wall kind of people. And so for two, I said uh, Detective Tutuola, uh, Finn, who, uh, on SVU, if, if there's any SVU fans out there. And I thought about this because, you know, for years he's kind of played the, the second fiddle role to, to Olivia. He's um, like usually the second in command around and has just been kind of by her side for so long, helping doing whatever's needed. But whenever he gets 
put into a corner whenever somebody around him gets threatened and he gets under that stress from that, it's really easy to see him putting on the the superhero cape of an eight yep. and like going out and busting some heads. You know, he'll do whatever it is needs to be done and take yeah. down whoever whenever uh, someone else around them is threatened. And, and so, yeah. And you know, if you're anybody that's up on SVU right now, you've seen that in the last few episodes, no spoilers, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I was thinking Finn for number two. Yeah. And can we just applaud how long the SVU has been going? Like, yeah. what, an amazing, what an amazing show to be. Oh, what is it? Like 20 something seasons? Something like that. Like, but yeah. it's, it's amazing. I don't, yeah. I may have seen every episode. I, I'm not sure if I've seen the, no, I have, I've seen the first ones too. Cause I remember, yeah. uh, some of the people that were on that first one that went away and came back yep. and love that man, show. Yeah. It's a great show. So awesome. number three, threes, um, whenever, you know, just normally threes are your kind of achievers, get stuff done, performers, wear any mask, wear any hat, play any role, do whatever is expected of them in order to be successful, basically. Mm. But when they're put under stress, it's really interesting because they take on qualities of nines. And, you know, the good ways that can work out is that threes can kind of take their eyes off the prize for a minute mm. and and maybe do a little bit more um, caring about people in the state of the world, not just their own ambition, but the bad side of it is that they can disengage. So mm. threes are usually pretty competitive, but if they feel like they can't win, then they might just decide they don't want to play. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not interested in this anyway. I'm going to, yeah. you know, not, not play. So you had a pick for three. Who's your three. So, uh, I like breaking bad. Obviously we've talked about this. Um, and if you like that show, then, you know, Saul Goodman and, uh, and he actually has his own spinoff. Like it's like, it's amazing, but I have never seen a character fit the bill for an Enneagram type three, like Saul Goodman. Okay. Um, this guy, this guy actually has a hanging rack in his little like office in the back of a nail salon that has a bunch of costumes for like when he goes and does different, different bits. Wow. You know? And, uh, and the guys, I mean, nobody works harder nobody pushes harder the dude walks into a room and immediately can be a chameleon to get whatever he wants to get but then at the same time he's like you just talked about under stress you see these moments where he kind of lose sight of all of the achievements and he loses sight of the the task and he cares for his brother he cares for um, his partner like all these different things but then there's so many times throughout the show where he's getting his butt kicked you know just by e either the circumstances or other lawyers or whatever and mm. the dude just dips out and he's like that's it i lift my hands i surrender see you later um and so yeah love saul great character but uh, the dude's a trip yeah all right so we are moving into new territory here with with the rest of our list they're all from the same show and it's a show that most people have probably watched at this point i think it just dropped at the perfect time with all yes. the uh stay-at-home orders and whatnot. And that is the incredible, terrible, catastrophic <laughs> show that is Tiger King. Yes. Um, I don't even think we have to discuss Carol Baskin. She definitely killed her husband and fed him <laughs> to tigers. There's really no debate about that. I don't know anybody that's like, no, I don't think she did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we got two, two spots left on the list, uh, eight and nine. And... Unfortunately, we didn't put Joe Exotic as either one of those, so he's not technically on our list. Mm -hmm. But I do just want to make a quick case 
for him being a four. Yeah. That's, that's my gut reaction as a one is that uh, Joe exotic is a four, you know, he, he's a gay cowboy in Oklahoma that has a <laughs> mullet and owns a tiger ranch. Like, yeah, I don't know if you can get any more out there and unique than that. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. I, I, I think just the blonde mullet speaks for itself, you know, <laughs> like that's, that could be enough to uh, argue the fourness. So, so, okay. So eight and nine, who do we got in the number eight spot? All right, we're going to go with Doc Antle. Ooh, so, Doc Antle, yeah, another so person on that show who has 100% murdered people. Yes, the dude is – I like his golf cart. I will say he has a cool golf cart. Um, so let's talk about this, though, Ryan. Why, why Doc Antle in the eight slot? Like, what do you see in that show um, with him in stress, him responding, um, yeah, just during with stress, during stress throughout the show? And so Doc Antle as an eight, you know, eights – typically know what direction they're headed and they don't really care what other people think or where they're going and usually pretty outspoken about that. And Doc Antle totally is. Um, He's just such a strong presence. Like when he walks in a room, he and everybody else know that he is in charge. Right. Um, He, yeah, I, I agree with, what you said earlier before we were recording that he's got to be an eight. So let's talk about that though. Eights go to five whenever they're stressed out. And so I don't know. I have to think about this one. Is there, are there qualities of him that come out under stress? Did we see him under stress in that show? Honestly, no. Cause the dude just seemed like he just always had it figured out. You know, yeah, he doesn't give off, you know, the air that he's stressed or doesn't know what's up. No, I I don't think he ever does, which maybe that almost solidifies the fact that <laughs> why Man. he can be an eight. Um, yeah, cause, because yeah. eights, eights would want to cover that up as much as they could. Totally. Uh, and so that, that would make sense. Now, I do think that after the documentary came out, uh, obviously he was pretty upset about it. Yes. Uh, and I think he, well, just like everybody else in that show, I guess this doesn't set him apart Uh went into a lot of legal action, I believe. Um, so I don't know if that tells anything, but, but yeah, I, I have no problem with labeling him an eight. That's for sure. But mm-hmm. he's harder to peg on the stress number. Yeah. Well, while we're on it, um, I'm sure there are leaders out there that have got an eight, like on their team, uh, might even be an eight. Um, what are, what are some of those red flags, um, for eights when you start to see them dipping into kind of that, uh, that five bucket, um, yeah, either, both on like the, the good and the bad. Yeah, that's a great question. So eights, whenever they get stressed, tend to take on qualities of fives, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some really good things about that and can be some really bad things about that. You know, eights are usually very decisive. Like they know what they're going to do and they're going to do it, right? They may tell you, but they also may not. They may just go and do it. Whereas fives, when it comes to decisiveness, are typically at the other end of the spectrum. Mm. I think the eights probably have the the easiest time making a decision and fives, I don't know, between fives and nines, it might be tough, but but fives typically have some of the most trouble making decisions. And they do that because they all of a sudden feel like they don't have enough information. So a big warning sign of an eight being super stressed out is where they're normally very decisive. All of a sudden they're really unsure and they start needing to uh, do more research and ask more questions and they just don't quite have enough information. And it's really, really weird because you're like, wow, what, what happened to you? You're normally so 
you know, ready to pull the trigger on stuff, but now you're so apprehensive about it. Yeah. Uh, and so that can be bad, obviously, that paralysis to be able to make decisions. But the good side of it for eights taking on some stress and going to five is that sometimes eights with their, how decisive they are can be a little trigger happy, right? Mm-hmm. And and be a little overly ambitious. And so that stress can sometimes cause them to slow down and make wiser decisions mm. as they take on qualities of a five that they may not normally do. And so, so yeah, that's, it's kind of a, it's kind of, it can be a really, really healthy move for an eight to have a little bit of stress and it causes them to slow down just a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I'll add, I had the privilege of working with an eight and uh, we were under a pretty stressful season with, with our, our organization and uh, someone who is typically so kind of out in front um, get you know super involved in everything became incredibly reclusive and um, and then like you said that when they would come out of that kind of hiding and that isolation um, that search for more information almost felt very attackish like towards me um, because yeah. it was like it you know the information that they were seeking to me felt like um, accusations of like not having it together accusations of um, not having it figured out. And, uh, and because they're such strong personalities, um, that can come across that way. And so to any of you guys that are leading, um, eights, uh, just have a little patience there, have a little grace there. Mm. Um, because that, that tension you feel, um, I think is sometimes just a cry for help, like you said. So, yeah. All right. So we're running out of time here. Let's wrap up our list. Number nine, we've got from Tiger King one of the most amazing people on the show, in my opinion, yes. and probably the most like level headed out of all of them, uh, is Saf. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Saf, man, Saf was one of those characters that is, as soon as they came on the, on the scene, you're just like, wait, this person, one of these does not belong here. Like, <laughs> like you said, you seem slightly less insane than all the rest yes. of them. Yes. Um, until, um, Saf gets her, like basically her hand bitten off by a tiger and then sticks around. Um, yeah. At which that point, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe you do belong here. Yeah. Um, well, so let's talk about that because that's a huge piece of evidence in this whole Enneagram conversation. We're putting Saf in our, our spot for nines, right? Yeah. Which nines are usually just as chill as can be, along yep. for the ride, good to go, which my goodness, like that, I feel like that describes Saf. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they're put under stress, nines tend to take on qualities of sixes Hmm. and one of the you know there's bad qualities of that which is anxiety and uh lack of trust especially for people in authority but there's also a really good side of that which is loyalty Hmm. and i mean come on saf got her arm taken off and then stuck around yeah like talk about some loyalty i mean potentially even to a fault right totally. uh, and so i thought that was amazing uh you know and the other thing i thought of and this is maybe wading into some some interesting waters here but you know saf uh identifies probably more as a man than than a woman i say probably and stick with me on this i was actually reading some articles on it because you know early in the show i think that Saf is identified as Kelsey potentially. And, and so there's some back and forth in the whole gender conversation. And so somebody was asking Saf, Hey, do you get upset when people use the wrong gender pronoun? And uh, Saf's interesting, I thought was just incredible or Saf's answer I thought was just incredible 
was, you know, I, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't really get that upset with it. Like, which I just thought was so cool. And to our point, so nine-ish, right? Yes. Because Saf was like, look, it's confusing. I was Kelsey. Now I'm Saf. Call me whatever makes sense to you. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Which I just thought one was really graceful from Saf, but two really backs up our theory about Saf as a nine. For sure. Right. For sure. Yeah. 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 So, uh, man, what a list. We got some SVU and. Uh, yeah. Let's and- go back over. We got Gus the Chicken Man yep. uh, in our number one spot. Finn Tutuola, uh, so Sergeant, good. I believe, on SVU. <laughs> uh, Saul from Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. Yep. Uh, Jesse Pinkman and Walter White in the four and five spot from Breaking Bad. Then from the office, we've got Dwight as a counterphobic six. Fight Mm. me on this. I will fight you. (laughs) Uh, Jim as a number seven on the office. Not going to fight you about that one. Uh, Then eight and nine, we round out with our Tiger King people, which is Doc Antle and Saf. So, Would love to hear your thoughts on on that stuff. You know, hit us up on on social media or wherever uh, you want to do that. Face, I don't know if we're on Facebook at this point. Uh, it's Instagram for sure. Wherever we're at, hit us up with that. We'd love to hear your comments, feedback, threats, all those things about our list. So, Cody, anything else? Man, no. Uh, good talk. I love the list. Yeah. If you're a leader. Uh, and you, you've got this team right now that maybe you're still spread out. Maybe you're back in your office by now. I don't know. It's so important, I think, for leaders to be able to identify the the stress level of their people because you are speaking to to them where they're at. You need to speak to them where they're at, I should say. And the way that you interact with somebody and engage somebody and lead somebody should change depending on where they're at that day. Like Mm. if they are in a good, healthy spot, if they're really stressed out, right? Because people change under stress. And so your communication has to change along with them. For sure. And so being able to identify that is the first step in in effective communication and leadership of them. And so I would just encourage you to, to consider that as you're leading your teams and looking at who's on them is okay, how do these people change in stress? What can I learn from that? And how do I need to change the way that I communicate with them under stress? So any last words? No, man, just uh, appreciate it. And uh, hope that uh, you guys, if you have any questions, please reach out to us, um, like Ryan said. And I would love just to, to help you guys be the best leaders that you can be. Hey, thanks for joining us today on another Enneagram podcast. As fellow leaders, we know it can be frustrating when it seems like you always run into the same problems on your team with the same people. But leaders just like you are learning how to lead their teams better using the Enneagram, and you can too. So if you like what you heard today, we would love it if you would share this podcast on social media. And leave a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts, preferably only good you know, reviews and ratings. That would be great. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram. We're at another Enneagram or head over to our website, anotherenneagram.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of another Enneagram podcast.